Do you ever wonder, why do I always seem to give so much more than I get? All I want is to be appreciated and loved. Is that asking too much? Why do all the jerks get the hot girls while I get stuck in the friend zone? When will it ever be my turn? If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Nice Guy Show. This is the podcast that asks the question, how do I break free from the nice guy syndrome so I never have to come in last again? Now here are your hosts, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. Hey guys, I'm Chuck Chapman, and I want to welcome you to another episode of The Nice Guy Show. I'm here today with my co-host, Faisal and Ari, and today we're going to talk about father wounds, or daddy issues, if you will. See, one universal truth is this, is that we all have fathers, and regardless of whether or not your father was present or absent, he still had a massive effect on you and your personality development. So it's easy to fall into the trap sometimes of thinking that our father's hurt us in such a way that we become really angry and upset with them. And when we do that, we fall into that victimization state. Now, there's no doubt that your father probably caused some wounds to you. I know my father caused me wounds, and I know that I've caused my daughter wounds because we're all fallible. And yet, if we don't take a look at those wounds, and if we don't learn to... um heal those wounds inside of us, oftentimes what will happen is we will pass on those wounds to our own children. And that has just a rippling effect throughout the generations. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to delve into the idea of nice guys, their father wounds, and their relationship with their father, and explore the bond between father and son and the influences our fathers had on us and our development as nice guys. So Faisal, did you tell me tell me about your dad? What kind of man was he? <clears throat> Chuck, when I was uh, thinking about this podcast, I was writing yesterday, and uh, I was writing about my father. And my father passed away like seventeen years ago, and uh, it, it brought tears to my eyes. And I thought this is such a deep and powerful topic. And my fathers are a boy's first hero. You know, like the mother is the, you know, the first love, fathers are the first hero. And my dad was very much a soft, gentle kind of man. And he, he was a great provider. He was a great, uh, you know, he, he really looked after us. He was a good man. One of the things that when I was writing about him and I wrote all the great qualities he had, some of the things that he was really missing was strength, you know, like the power, the spine, the, the masculine essence that you know we're here and to learn about and that was what what I remember and I remember my mother saying this and it really hurt me it really left a like a uh, a burn and she said you know your your father is a good man but he's got no spine he's he's weak and, and he's a coward and, and he, when she used that word it really hurt me and uh, yeah. and and years later on, I really hated the fact that he had that side to him. So there was a side to him that I really rejected. I know that, you know, sometimes we, we see them, and we put them on a, rather than pedestal, like Dr. Glover says, you know, we, we see them as amazing or we put them in the gutter. Uh, so there was some par parts where I hadn't fully integrated it. And, and I really resented the fact that he was not strong enough especially when he, when it came to his business he had a he worked really hard he had his job and he had a business 
and he let people and his brothers and his family and his customers walk all over him. And that made me angry and resentment, resentful. What was it about that that made you angry and, and resentful? Did you feel like it was just his inability to stand up for himself? Or was it yeah, more of you were worried yeah. that you weren't going to be able to stand up for yourself? It was more the it was more the fact that you know you see uh, people taking advantage of him. Like, like mm-hmm. where is your assertiveness? Where is your ability to say no? That's too much, and that's I wanted to see that uh, courage from him. I wanted him to stand up and say, "Hey, you know, you, you don't you don't mess around with me, and you don't mess around with my family." And I wanted to see that protection side from him. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's great. I just, that brought up a memory for me real quick here. Of I remember seeing my dad in the kitchen, and my mom. My dad's looking in the refrigerator for something, and he's asking where something is, and my mom just lays into him, just like calling him names, and and my dad just looks at her like a like a deer in the headlight. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, just tell her to fuck off, you know. Tell her to stop. And instead, he just kind of cowered and whimpered. And, you know, as an adult, I can understand a little bit more uh, the the dynamics and issues that were going on in their marriage. But that feeling of just wanting my dad to, like, stand up for himself was mm-hmm. was a huge one for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I, I I can relate to some of the things you're saying. Faisal, my, my dad, is a, he's a very kind man, loving um and he took good care of us. Um, mm-hmm. He's had a successful business for a long time. Um, we were just talking before we started about how on, on the surface, a lot of nice guys might feel like, well, there was nothing wrong with my childhood. Um, but, but there can be things missing. And sometimes it's the, the absence of something. And, and I think with my dad, there wasn't enough holding me accountable in some ways, you know, I, I could, I could act out like I was a generally well-behaved, uh, son, but like, you know, one time I almost got arrested. Um, I was at a concert, I was 21 and, uh, I won't say what the concert was, but I threw ketchup I threw ketchup at the band and I nailed them. And so my brother and I were brought back by the security and, and almost arrested. Uh, we could, his story is kind of infamous now in my family. And then they, they called my dad to pick us up. Um, didn't punish us, punish us at all. He was just glad we were okay. You know, on the one hand, I could understand it, but it's like, what the hell were you doing? Um, this is one of the biggest blunders of my life. And so there's sort of a, a lack of holding me accountable um, that that I think has gotten in the way of me seeing myself clearly uh, and not knowing, you know, when I was screwing up uh, or when I was doing a good job. I've had a lot of trouble trusting myself, trusting my own, my own goodness, my own qualities. Um, my dad was also, he's very anxious around doctors. Um, he lets, or he expects my mom to manage all his medical stuff. 
uh, still, you know, this has been going on my whole life. Uh, like he just can't manage his anxiety around that, or he can't manage his anxiety when, you know, he's worried about one of us. We're out of the house, um, and he can get very panicky. So, I, you know, I saw that growing up that he couldn't manage his emotions at times, um, and, and I think I, I've struggled to manage my my own anxiety too so there's some of that yeah. kind of internal discipline internal self-regulation that that i've taken on mm -hmm. and so, so those are those are some of the the wounds i have i mean he's even explained to me you know he was he was scared of my feelings mm -hmm. growing up he saw me as as fragile and sad and you know didn't want to make me sadder by challenging me because then he would have felt sad you know which is you know very honest and revealing but, mm -hmm. but also was a way where i couldn't develop as a man because you know i was taught that my, my feelings were um scary and, and unmanageable mm -hmm. by that yeah for sure i think it's one of the things that happens that we talking about just kind of the things that sometimes our fathers didn't do. And that's where I think the absentness of our fathers <clears throat> can play a big part into our father wounds. Because if our father's absence, then what we learn masculinity from is from the feminine. You know, like my dad, for example, was uh, his father died when he was four years old. And this kind of became the family story then was, okay, well, your dad didn't have a dad. So he doesn't know what he's doing. And so my dad had a real lack of confidence when it came to raising three boys. He didn't, you know, he didn't feel like he was equipped for one thing. And, and he wasn't because he, he had a, a variety of different father figures in his life, but he was essentially raised by a single mom. And so he was taught about masculinity from the perspective of the feminine and, you know, what not to do. And this was back in the 1940s. And so when my, my grandfather passed away, my grandmother, you know, was a widow and somebody who didn't come from a place of affluence, like the way that she survived was by getting with other, falling in love with other men and having them marry her. And, um, and so a lot of times the men that she would pick were not men who were like good men. And so my father would see toxic masculinity, if you will, going on in the, in, in his home, his mother getting hurt, and then his mother coming back and saying, you know, don't be a man, essentially. So then my father passed that on to me in his own woundedness. And my father was a very busy man. He was either working or involved with his church. And so a lot of the perspective of masculinity I got indirectly was from my mom, you know, who had her own father wounds. And uh, and, and so her, she was teaching me on the one hand, you know, don't be like other men. And my father's teaching me on the other hand, you know, be, if you're, if you're a man, then you should be more soft and gentle and pliable and, and those kind of things. So we all take those different wounds on within ourselves. And then our perspective of what masculinity is, I think gets really skewed. Yeah, yeah, I can really see how um, when we take uh, there's this a wonderful book which talks about enmeshment, and it says about 
When there is no present father, we take on the template of the mother. And when we take on the template of the mother, we'll take on her emotional regulation and system, and then we'll take on her perspective of the world. And there's a lot of dumbing down of men. You know, we have to be soft and gentle, but yet within ourselves, when Ari, you were sharing as well, and, and Chuck, you were sharing, one of the things as a father myself, uh, one of the things my son says is, you know, he wants that. Uh, the strong boundaries. He wants that assertiveness. You know, like I was craving that for my dad. Uh, and what I notice is when we have too much softness or too much freedom, we crave the aspect of, you know, hold me accountable. You know, tell me, just shake me and say, this is wrong, what I'm doing wrong. And then we have, when we have too much tyranny, when we have too much uh, grip, then we want, we need some freedom. And what I see between is that we, we either get too much freedom, softness, or, or too hard, but there's never a, a good balance. And that tells, that reminds me when I've, when my son, he, when he lived with his mom and she was very soft and gentle and that's where he really struggled. And when he was about 13 years old and he was like, I'm really struggling living with mom. And eventually he moved over. There was, there was a lot of things that happened. Then he went through PTSD. He went through some trauma with his stepdad and he moved in here. And when I gave him some rules, principles and regulations, and I remember one day he was lying in bed and he said, dad, there was a moment in my life. I really wanted to take my own life. And it, and it just broke my heart. And he said, look, there, there was a real dark moment in my life. And he said, being with you, being around you, because you are strict and you have some principles, it says it calls me up to be a better man. It, it pushes me and it drives me. And he rebels against it. I know that. I can see him rebelling against it. But he says it, it, it pulls me up. And listening to you guys as well, I can see where we wanted that balance of, you know, we wanted some empathy, we wanted some love, but we also wanted some, you know, guidance, principles, and hey, listen, if you step out of line, there is going to be a price to pay as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's true in my life. Like I've wanted, I wanted the, the strictness, you know, and I think one of my, because of the fatherhood and not know, knowing what it was to be a man, that was the primary reason why at 18 years old, I joined the military because I want, I wanted more discipline in my life. I knew I was lacking that discipline and I wanted more of it. So that was, that was my risk that joining the military was actually a response to my father wound, which was a lack of masculinity. Interesting. Do you, do you, do you think, do you think that we, as boys, when we're young as boys, that we don't always know what we, how to articulate it, but in hindsight, we're saying, actually, we need some principles. We need some guidance. We need some discipline. We need some structure. That's in a way of what we're looking for. And we probably do that because we're rebellious, but we don't actually know how to articulate it. Most, most people, I think, chafe against um, discipline and, and structure. Um, so there's always going to be pushback. Um, but, but I, think, but I, I, I think you're totally right that, that kids are, are needing this desperately. And it sounds like all three of us were missing some of that growing up. And that's, that's the work that we had to do as adults 
uh, to figure out how to put that structure in for ourselves or how to find those masculine figures who can, who can teach us that. And I think Ari, what you just said there was beautiful in that one of the aspects of the masculine is, is the capacity to hold tension. Right. And so while people chafe against discipline, right, that creates this tension. And so when our fathers aren't able to hold that tension and hold us accountable, you know, then, and they let us go, then they're not in their higher masculine self of creating the container for us that holds this tension. And I think when that's not modeled for us, you know, the ability to hold tension, I think is one of the most primary aspects of the masculine. And yet it's the very thing that the masculine hates, especially nice guys, right? We want to kill any kind of tension. Oh, yeah. We just want, you know, want everything to be problem free and, and easy. And yeah. And I think the other thing that I, I have grappled with was the idea of discipline as being punishment, you know, like you step out of line, you get punished. And so you're, you're really chasing not being punished as opposed to discipline. At least that was how I felt. I felt like I was just trying to avoid punishment as opposed to like, I want to develop a discipline inside, inside of me, the discipline to be able to, to hold tension, the discipline to be able to have a backbone, the discipline to be able to say, this is right. I'm standing up for this. Uh, this is wrong. I'm not going to do it. That the discipline, the aspect of the discipline is to create good citizens. And, um, and that when I'm not disciplined, what happens then is there's the chaos that happens. So that's, I, I, I think that's a, a beautiful way to put it, Ari, is that, you know, sometimes we just need our fathers to be like lovingly hold us in that space of tension and like, no, you're not going anywhere, you know. But also, also kick us as well. Kick, you know, kick our ass for, for if, you're, if you're stepping out of line. Because do you find that, because, you know, all three of us, we coach as well. Do you find that with, with, our, with your clients as well, that they, you know, they come not just for the, the information because they can get that everywhere, but they also come for that support, but also that guidance as well. Because I, I noticed that, you know, myself, when I'm getting coaching, I just don't want the softness, softness, softness. I want somebody to say, right, Faisal, what, what are you doing? You need to step up. You need to move. You're, you're being lazy here or you're slacking here. I need that push and that drive because I don't have the father anymore, but I do have, you know, guides and, who support me and push me and challenge me. Because there's a part of being the nice guys, like I don't want to be pushed or challenged. I want to be comfortable. But then deep down when you dig into yourself, there's a part of saying, I, I really need to get my shit together. I really need to push. I really need to drive forward. Uh, and I need someone to just to be that big stick. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, yeah, that's, that's such a crucial part of coaching. I mean, that, that's a lot of, or it's an important part of what nice guys need is they need coaching around what discipline is, why it's valuable and and how to develop it in yourself, how to develop that internal resilience, how to build your own practices. Um, cause yeah, it's not so much about information. It's, it's how, how do you develop these, these discipline practices, whether it's meditation or journaling or, you know, I love the cold showers and you do like the, 
fasts. You know, these are all teaching people um, internal discipline, and, and it's just it it uh, ripples out through the rest of their life. And I think it has to come from a place of love too, because of dif- discipline that's just punishment, just to, like get back in line. Like if I'm, um, you know, setting boundaries with the client, for example, oftentimes I'll preface it with, 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 a, I'm going to give you some tough love here. You know, I'm doing this because I love you, not because I want something from you. I want you to be able to do the very things that you said you want to be able to do. And so I'm going to hold you accountable to those things. I'm also going to do it with a lot of cheering and and uh, enthusiasm and, and positivity. But there does come a point where I think you have to say, listen, you know, you've been doing the same thing over and over again. Do you really want this? Because if you don't want it, just say so. You know? um, because otherwise you're just wasting my time and your time. But yeah, if you want it, I will hold you accountable and, and I will talk to you in a way that's like, listen, you know, you're wasting your time here. So I think there's a, there's a finesse to it in that it has to come from a place of love as opposed to just like this dominance, like I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you a man, you know, kind of thing. Uh, But I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I, I really like how you how you just verbalize that to clients. I'm, I'm going to give you some tough love. Yeah, it 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 softens it a little bit, but yeah. but it also educates them that this is uh, it's not going to be pleasant discipline <laughs> or, or challenge, but it, but it's coming from a loving place, which is what we yeah. really needed from our fathers. Right, you know, we needed to love us enough to give us that 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 discipline that we needed or that accountability that we needed because it's actually something that's going to help us in so many ways in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that, now we know, I think all three of us know how to teach that to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This isn't taught to fathers no. how, how to do this. This is, uh, this. I think this is what's really missing. Cause like um, <clears throat> I remember yesterday, yesterday was uh, a, so with me, with me and my son, we had to sort some stuff out. And, and I said, look, you know, we really need to step up. And what came up for me and some of my wounds that came up was I noticed myself, my son is very disagreeable. He's very headstrong and he can push. And what I noticed is when, when he pushes, I can see myself wavering and I can see myself when, when, my, when I'm angry, then I can, I can enforce a boundary. But when I'm not angry, then I'm really sometimes can be pushed. And I thought, well, I really need to stand strong here and then take that, you know, like Chuck, you said, that tension and that anxiety and that pain. I've got to, ha- I've got to be able to say no and then be okay with how he reacts. And if he's going to have, you know, if he's going to uh, protest against this, I still need to be able to stand my ground. And this is, was was a great uh realization was I really need to hold ground and stick with it just because he doesn't like it, but it's tough love for the long term. It's tough love. I love the saying and in stoicism, they say this, it's, you know, give your kids a good life, but not an easy life. Give your kids a good life, 
but not an easy life. And I keep uh, saying this to my sons. I'm talking about, you know, hard times create strong men. And he really gets this. And he does appreciate it, not in the moment. He'll have his, you know, uh, quarrel with it. But he says, you know, I appreciate it. I understand. And we have a dialogue about this. And this is what I really miss with my father is him being able to articulate the importance of it, why it's important, why we need to do this as men, how it plans out, not now, but in five years, 10 years, 20 years time. And I think when we, when we miss this dialogue, we miss that ability to connect. And it's in that dialogue we're connecting and also understanding why we're doing what we're doing. And I love that imagery of your son pushing against you. It sort of reminds me of like a, a couple of elk, you know, sort of like the, the, the bull elk and then the younger elk, you know, and they're clashing, you know, kind of thing, yeah. right? They're clashing. And there's this part of it where, you know, especially when they're younger, where, you know, they come against you and they're young and you're just like, you know, yeah, go do what you said, you know what I t- go do what I told you to do. But then when they're older and they're becoming into their own masculine, it's like, it's harder and harder and you start to get bruised and, and you start to get like, Oh, okay. That wasn't as easy when they were younger. And that's the beautiful thing that as long as you're creating that tension within them, there, there needs to come a point in which your son wins that he's it's, it's that like he crosses over into his own bull elk, you know, and I think that that's a, that's a rite of passage. And a lot of times in rites of passage, the, the bull elk will allow the younger elk. I don't know if it's elks or what, you know, whatever, but, but will allow that sort of feign a little bit of weakness to allow their sons to feel that sense of strength to, to feel like, Oh yeah, I took on the old man. And almost it almost becomes a rite of passage then at that point of oh yeah i am i can i can stand on my own so yeah and he's holding he shows he does this is the good thing about it he shows uh he can hold his ground but what it is is not being stubborn and sometimes you know you know stubbornness comes into it but what he's learned and i've learned over the time is being able to hold the ground but have a good reason for it and be open to discussion about it so for example there were some times when he held his ground and then he explained and articulated and i was like okay you know what that's a really good point and therefore i i'm going to step down and then learn from this point yeah Yeah. so sometimes you know before i would have had my stubborn hat on because i'm like you know i'm right and this is how it should be because i'm the dad but now what one of the things that we're teaching each other or what I'm teaching him is like, you know, give a good explanation to why this is. It's not going to be given to you just because you scream for it, you know, rationalize it, articulate it well. I think one of the things that, that you're describing that you do well is you, you spend a good amount of time with your son and you do activities with him. And that, uh, that presence allows for conversation and dialogue to happen. The dialogue doesn't always happen at the times that, that we want as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not su- spending su- sufficient time with them, um, you know, getting to know them on a deep level, then it, it's hard to be able to teach these lessons. And the same thing's That's true. I think point. with uh, the tension, if you're not spending time with them, you're not going to create, you know, you're going to be this, this passive presence yes. in their life, then there isn't going to be conflict. And that's a lot easier, you know, is to just let them go play video games and go off and do the things that, you know, they want to do in order to 
have an effect in their life. You have to have this presence, this conscious presence that requires time, you know, and interest. You know, I know you like you take your son, you know, you guys uh, take boxing lessons together and you do a lot of physical activities together and things like that. So it's not just about, um, you know, a, a dialogue, but it's doing these things that then can create dialogue as well. These lessons out of that. And I think what you're doing yeah. here really well is you're bestowing masculinity onto your son through lessons of teaching, you know, so we're going to go do this. Yes, it's hard, but that's what men do. Men do hard things. And I think that that's the thing of, of that's where it comes out of a place of love. You know, I love you enough that I'm going to make you grapple with me as yeah. opposed to like, I'm just going to give into the tension and let you do whatever you want, which is the easy thing. You know, when you said about tension as well, we forget that tension and conflict is an opportunity to connect. Because as nice, as nice guys, we think when it's tension and when it's conflict, it's going to result in disconnection. It's going to result in, you know, I'm being abandoned and that's it. it it's the worst thing create scenario. That's, you know, when a, <clears throat> when your woman says to you, when she says to you, we need to talk, suddenly it just alarm bells ring off. But actually in those moments, that tension and conflict is an opportunity to connect and get deeper with, with uh, intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, is your father still around? He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. So I see mine. him pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I see mine not as regularly. I mean, I see him probably once a month or something like that, but yeah, they were just over this weekend and my father's now in his eighties and he's just, a. I look at him. He's not old anymore. He's elderly. He's kind of hunched over and shuffles and, yeah, and uh, and as they were leaving, I just I gave him a hug, and I just really felt like this appreciation for him, this um, this love. You know, it's it's really easy to just kind of like, oh, yeah, love you, Dad, have a good, you know. But it was really more a sense of gratitude and um, appreciation because I think that. You know, and I've said this before, even though my dad was passive and even though he had these flaws, ultimately he helped me become, it was, it was his absence and his flaws actually that I needed in order to become the man that I am today. Like I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for him. So the point is not to blame your father and say, oh, you hurt me and you get into the victim state, but to rather see when you, when you heal those wounds inside of you, I think what happens is there's this transmutation of victimization to this place of like, I am giving you love. Like I am, I'm now the one who is like kind of taking care of you in a sense. And I think that that's a beauty of the full arc of the masculine, you know, of, you know, we go from the stage of, you know, warrior, you know, to, you know, king and magician and lover. But we also go, go to the place, I think, of the sage, which is that elderly, older wisdom that comes out of that frailty. And that's a place for us to honor 
the masculine that's gone before us. That's beautiful. <clears throat> that um, when you talked about compassion, um, one of the things that I learned about the the masculine wound or the father wound was that uh, before I rush into judging is to understand, you know, understand that. And there's a really amazing quote uh, by Eckhart Tolle. And he, and let me read this out. It says, if his past was your past, his pain, your pain, his level of consciousness, consciousness, your level of consciousness, you would think and act exactly as he did. With this realization comes forgiveness, compassion, and peace. Mm. Yeah. You know, so if our father, so if he had the same upbringing, the same right. experiences, the same consciousness, the same blueprint the, in, in our, in the mind, we would behave and act exactly in the same way. And when we, when we understand this with everybody, we'll understand that we have, you know, understanding and compassion. And then we stop finger pointing and say, Oh, my dad was this, or this was that. It was just that you would have done exactly the same thing if you were in those same shoes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what helps us have empathy, helps us to have grace for someone else and to be able to say, yeah, I mean, cliche, but they're there, but for the grace of God, go I is this, is, you know, that, I don't think anyone acts from a place of, you know, that, that they, they, they want to hurt unless they're, they've been deeply hurt themselves and, um, hurt people, hurt people. And if we're, if we're hurt and we don't heal those wounds, we will in turn hurt people from our wounds. Yeah, the other thing I think we talked about today is there's there's nothing like being a parent yourself no. to give you e empathy and compassion for your own parents. For sure. I was actually thinking about this this morning because I, I have a daughter. I have, two, I have, a, um, so I have a, a biological daughter, I have a stepdaughter, and then I have two stepsons that are uh, – and then I don't have a whole lot involvement in their life because they were older when I, when I came in to their world. But, uh, I was, I was thinking this morning, like, I'm really a little grateful that I didn't have boys because I would have fucked them up royally <laughs> 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 because I was so wounded and, you know, and then, um, when my daughter oh, was pregnant last year, I was like, please God, let it be a boy. Let it be. I just want to, I want to, you know, sort of a chance at this. And she had a girl, but, you know, they're not done. So <laughs> it's still in the cards, but, uh, yeah, I desperately, Oh, at this stage of my life, want a son, someone who I can kind of like have that bond with. Um, and I feel like I'm kind of missing out on that somewhat. And this is probably, I'll, I'll send like you, I'll, I'll, I'll send you more something now. <laughs> yeah. I'll send, I'll, I'll send the, both of the boys over. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can have yeah, attention for five minutes. Right I'm like, Faisal, well, go get these guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, guys. Well, this has been a great conversation, and uh, I really appreciate the depth and honesty that we all were sharing here today about our fathers because I know this is a really sensitive topic sometimes, and it's one that we don't really talk about enough, I think, as men. And I also think that this is part of the reason why we need other men in our lives is because when we have a father wound, we need to be refathered. 
we need to be fathered by other men. And, and, and so this is why it's important to have mentors and teachers and brothers and have a community of other men that are speaking into your life. Because I think the primary way that we heal our masculine wound and our masculine wound comes from the father is by being around other men and sharing those experiences and realizing, okay, I'm not alone or there is a similarity, but there's a difference. And we're able to kind of sharpen each other, I think, in a way that you can't do with, you know, a mixed gender group or, or the feminine. And, and it's just been one of the most important aspects of my own personal growth has being involved in men's work, being involved with brotherhood, getting teachers, mentors, coaches speaking into my life and helping me. So I just want to say thanks to you guys for, for showing up and uh, bringing your stories today. And I guess we'll see you guys next time on The Nice Guy Show. You've been listening to The Nice Guy Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, Keep living your best life.